Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 271. I'm Zoner. I'm Zoot. 271. That's pretty impressive, dude. I know. I say, we're, we're, we're a thing. I, I, we are a thing. It's only taken us, you know, 270 weeks to become a thing. I think my first I, marriage was over sooner than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that we've been together longer than my mom was with some of her husbands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, hey. Including my dad. <laughs> this is going to become a very special episode of Stolen Droids real fast. It is. Hey, let's we went, talk about our feelings. So let's talk about sponsors. our feelings. Well, um, first off, of course, um, Schmidt is not with us, and uh, Colin was unfortunately <laughs> into a <laughs> But, um... <sighs> That wow. was too dark, wasn't it? That went... Uh, dude, I thought I was the guy that did that stuff. Yet, here you are. I mm, I feel kind of dirty for saying that one. You know what, though? It, it was funny. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel horrible now. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, Colin. Anyway, f- shout out to our friends over at <laughs> trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, stitcher.com, Radio KSCR, um, Eagle Moss Limited, Geek Factor Radio, and wpcycle.com. That's a lot of sponsors I and swear affiliates. That, and, uh, that list needs yeah. to be pruned or something. No, they're it's all still our friends. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome, though. Well, at least I think they're all still our friends. After that comment, uh, they may not be anymore. <laughs> Yeah, you know though, just when we think that we're going to drive them all away, we get comments from people like Joe that say, "Wow, you guys are awesome." Did you see that Facebook post? I think she, she actually usually says things along the lines of, "Oh no, you didn't." Yeah, pretty much. Which I interpret as, "Wow, you are awesome." Cuz we, we get all shucky ducky on her. <laughs> Indeed, all shucky ducky. Wow. Um no, we actually got feedback from Joe. We did. Did you? We did. Um, she said, uh, "I really." Or no, she said, "I totally dig the whole hate speech segment on your show. It made me think of it in a different light." So we recently talked about hate speech and being censored on the internet, and mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't I, remember what I said, but hey, apparently I, we said something cool. Cause I Joe I, I want to say she was probably reacting to my comment where I pointed out that there's. There's only so much censorship you can do in the name of protecting people's sensibilities, um, you know, protecting their sensitive ears from hate speech before you're kind of striking a fascist note. And if one side is becoming incredibly censored and incredibly fascist, the other side ceases to look quite as evil. Yeah. You know, and, and that makes it sound like I'm saying, hey, you know, people will be people. Let them say whatever they want. We, you and I were talking about this, actually. Um, so obviously everyone knows, um, about the tragic events in Orlando this last week, um, where a mass shooting happened, killed what 59 people. I think the body count Uh, went to 49, I think, and wounded another, I don't know, like 52 or something. Uh, Far too many. I mean, one honestly is too much. Um, 
And most most normal, decent people came together over it. But, of course, not everyone's normal and decent. One gentleman um, posted to Facebook uh, something along the lines of, is that you call it a mass shooting, I call it community service. Yeah, his employer found that on Facebook and fired him. His employer was Walmart. And I think he's suing them now for infringing on his First Amendment rights. Which I think is awesome because he obviously has no clue how the First Amendment works. Yeah, I. But it's that idea of hate speech, right? Is his. Was he being censored? No. Facebook wasn't censoring him. Walmart isn't censoring him. And the First Amendment doesn't apply here because A, he's not press. B, he's not in jail now for it. And C, Walmart, thankfully, is not the government. Could you imagine if they were? I would rather not. That would be the worst. I would. I. I can't imagine the candidate that would lead us down that. President Camacho wouldn't lead us down that path. President Camacho, like Macho Camacho, the boxer? No, no, no. President Camacho, dude, educate yourself. Google it. I need to. Yeah, it's like President Wilfred Mountain Dew Camacho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. Look it up right now. Um, but, I actually am. But yeah, no, you're free to say whatever you you want to say. Uh, your employer is also free to fire you. But if we as a society were to censor someone like that, where either he can't say it or he gets thrown in jail for saying it, well, sure, it was still a dick thing to say. No, never mind. It's still a horrible thing to say. But it's still his right to say it. You know, if we infringe on that right, then we start to become no better than the evil which we claim to be better than. Um, so, anyway, that's just my thought on it, Joe. I'm glad that uh, it helped give you a different point of view, which is honestly the best compliment anyone can ever give is that, hey, you really gave me a different point of view. Yeah, I think that that's always a huge compliment when you're able to say something in a way that open somebody's eyes or helps them see something in a way that they had never seen before. Uh, I, I always think that that's a huge compliment. You don't even have to agree with it. That's not the point. The, the point is simply, oh, that's another point of view. Thank you. I hadn't considered it like that. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate your kind words. Yes. Are you, uh, are you all educated now on President Camacho? I am. I've never seen Idiocracy, so... That is why. But, hey, Terry Crews is a stud. Yes, he is. And even he's a better president than Trump. <laughs> well, he's not president yet. Not true. And if you look at the polling, he's probably not going to be. I'm so going to write in President Camacho. I'm writing in someone. I don't know who yet, but I'm writing in someone. Tell you what, I'll write in you. You write in me. Sweet. I've never gotten a vote for president before. We bucket list, that. man. We both meet the legal requirements. Hashtag bucket list. Yeah. Heck yeah, that needs to be done. Okay, listeners. Listeners out there. Who is your favorite Stolen Droids host? We don't <laughs> want to put together an online poll. So instead, we're going to have you guys write in on your presidential election forms who you think is the better host. Okay? You can write in Zoner or you can write in Zook. Because isn't the final numbers like public record? Probably. They should be. Yeah. I think back in, what was it, 76, Mickey Mouse came in like third. 
I think I heard that somewhere. You know, that people think that's a joke, but dude, that mouse has been trying for the White House for a long time. Oh, yeah. It's the yeah, only man. franchise it doesn't own yet. And going up against Carter and Ford, I mean, perfect opportunity. This year would be an even better opportunity, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. The In- White House of Mouse. <laughs> Racist and terrifying all at once. <laughs> yes. So awesome. Okay, so let's get into this. And if it sounds like we're a little disjointed, it's because we've been throwing these headlines into this document all week, and they're not exactly in order. So we're just going to start off on mobile news. Sound we'll good? Let's just go bang, 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 bang. That doesn't uh, I, That probably shouldn't be how we phrase that, given recent activities. Yes. Um, first off, T-Mobile. We talked about this, right? T-Mobile's T-Mobile Tuesday apps, where they give away things like stocks and movies. I got stock. Nice. Um, I wanted pizza. I didn't get I pizza. I got pizza. You're the one who ruined it for us. You get I our am. things hacked and you get Domino's taken <laughs> away from us. I am why we cannot have nice things. Um, so, of course, one of the uh, perks was that y- you get a code and you can get free Domino's. Except for the fact that a lot of people haven't gotten their free Domino's because a lot of Domino's locations ran out of the free pizza and wouldn't honor it anymore. And then the next day, practically, they announced that um, they are suspending the program indefinitely. At least Domino's is. Um, Reason being, people just like free pizza. And on one hand, it's kind of like, really, that many people did it that Domino's is having to back out? But on the other hand, it's freaking free pizza. Who doesn't? I mean, it's Domino's, yeah. But it's still better than Little Caesars. Well, even then, Little Caesars gets by because it's five bucks. Yep. You're going to tell me I can have a slightly better pizza for less? And you deliver? It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, hey, I'll do that. Uh, Unfortunately, it was pickup only, uh, which upset a lot of the delivery drivers. And it was limited to 100 pizzas per store. I was lucky, and I got my order in online uh for a lunch pickup a couple hours early. But like my wife and daughter, they decided let's get pizza for the family for lunch. So they ordered their pizzas and they went in to pick them up. And the person at the store said, okay, that'll be $13 for each pizza. And my wife said, no, they're supposed to be free. And they said, oh yeah, we ran out of free pizza. So 13 bucks. And my wife said, no, it was supposed to be free. I'm not paying for it. And she turned and left, which, you know, I don't blame her. I probably would have, too. Actually, no, I probably would have bought the pizza because I'm an idiot like that. Well, they should have told her. Yeah, I mean, they really should have. And so it, it's on them. But, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. Domino's is in a no-win situation here. Either they give away a ton of free pizza and lose money, or they limit how much free pizza they give away. And piss off a bunch of people who don't get free pizza. You know, who then sh- take to the internet saying, "Why didn't I get my free pizza?" Yeah, this was a stupid idea in general. Yeah, I, I mean, they what would have been win. smarter was getting a discount. Yes, a special coupon that you only get if you're a T-Mobile subscriber. Yes. Okay, and the coupon doesn't even have to be that big of coupon. It could be no different than any of the normal deals, and people would still use them because why? I feel exclusive. Hey, look, I got this deal where I can get two medium one-topping pizzas for only this much. 
Never mind the fact that so can nearly everyone else because it's running this coupon all week. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. this week, only this week, T-Mobile subscribers get free Cinestics with their order of large pizza. I see. I think that probably would have been the way to go. Should have been the way to go. Totally should have. Right, give a free side. Give something that's not going to break the bank and not going to cause a huge, like, destruction of your workforce. Well, and more importantly, gets people to buy pizza on a day when they probably wouldn't have otherwise. Oh, yeah. You're still making yeah. money on the pizza. I don't order a pizza on a Tuesday for lunch, ever. But I did. I worry, though, as much as you and I like T-Mobile, it's fair to say they screw a lot of things up, like not thinking through a lot of their promotions. I agree. Um, Service-wise, I mean, let's be honest. I cannot find a plan by any of the other carriers that even come close to what I pay for T-Mobile right now. Their cheapest plans can't offer me nearly what I get. So, yeah, that's why I'm on T-Mobile. But eh, you get for what you pay for. And I know I always have the slowest speeds of any of my friends. And that if we're driving through, you know, when Schmitty, Dr. Squishy, and I were driving down to Vegas for CES, I knew whose phone was going to crap out of service first. And I was right. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you just kind of of deal with it as a T-Mobile customer. Although I will say they're better. They are they used to be. They are getting better, but still, it's disappointing that it almost comes as no surprise that one of their promotions should not work. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. It, it really is no surprise. But hey, I got. Let's see, what did I get? I got a free pizza. Got a free share of stock, and I got a five dollar and fifty cent voodoo credit that I used to rent Creed. So it was a good day for me. My wife and daughter managed to get free Frosties. Although I heard a lot of Wendy's stores gave people grief over that as well. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I I don't know. T-Mobile's got to do... Uh, they've got to make this work for their partners on this T-Mobile Tuesday or else it's just going to end horribly for everyone like it has Domino's. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, Okay, so moving into other carrier news, AT&T has decided to launch a new thing. I say new, using air quotes, uh, which you can't see, and to be in in, in full disclosure, I'm not actually doing them anyway. (laughs) I was going to say, are are they like down by your butt? Because I don't see them. You don't want to know where these air quotes have been. Um, I want to rope that into a a show title, but I don't know quite how. Um, Yeah. So AT&T is launching Wi-Fi calling for Android, which, hey, great. It's only been on T-Mobile and Verizon for years. Innovative. Yes. Well, it's been on iPhones. AT&T has done Wi-Fi calling on iPhones for about two years now. This is the first time they're launching it on Android, which, again, very confusing. I've been doing Wi-Fi calling on T-Mobile for many, many, many years. But here's the strangest part of all this. They're launching it on the LG G4. Aren't we up to the G5 now? We are. I have no clue why they're doing this. I don't know if it's an incompatibility with the G5, which doesn't make any sense, or or what, but it's like you couldn't even go for the modern flagship? And no one seems to have any idea why this is the case. That's interesting. You know, I actually have never really used Wi-Fi calling because I, I had a Nexus Five and it wasn't available. I um I turned it off 
It's great in theory, and when it works, the sound quality is awesome. But I have unlimited minutes. So what does it matter? Yeah, it's not saving me anything. And if the Wi-Fi is not a great, if it's not really strong, the phone will try and drop the Wi-Fi or pick it up or drop it, pick it up and drop it. And if you're in the middle of the call, it will drop the call. So yeah, pretty brutal. Very brutal. brutal. I know my wife had um, her S4, I think it was, and she would use Wi-Fi calling, and it was a nightmare. I finally had to tell her to stop doing it. Yeah, because it was I, just bad. I used to, uh, when I had it, I'd be calling my wife when I was leaving work and telling her, hey, you know, I'm leaving work. And right as I'm in my car and I'm right on the edge of the Wi-Fi service in my office, it would be trying to switch back over to cellular. And oh. and I drop it every time. Yeah. Yeah, that's frustrating. That's frustrating. But, you know, it's cool if you're, like, in a foreign country or something like that and you need to call home. I mean, all of a sudden you got you got Wi-Fi calling. Don't need to worry about roaming. Don't need to worry about any of that. Almost like Google Voice. Almost. Or Skype. Or any number of other WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy. Hmm. So fancy. Now, we talked about, uh, like, the flagship getting the upgrade or whatnot. You mentioned that a second ago. Um, Obama finally got an upgrade. Yeah. To an old flagship. <laughs> Yay, government. Well, part of this is expected. Um, okay, so not because just it's a, government. Yes, it is. Um, it's a, a very poorly kept secret that the president used a BlackBerry for many, many years. And I don't even think that he was the first. I think uh, George W. also used a BlackBerry because, of course, they were the most secure. Hillary uses one. Yep, yep. All the or old did. guard all use Blackberries. Even though it has come to light for a long time now, it's not a new thing, that uh, Blackberries are not as secure as they make out to be, and they're also very, very hard to maintain. So I kind of get the impression that uh, the president's upgrade has actually been in the works for a while, and he's just now getting it. Because it is a hardened, secured Galaxy S4. I hmm. sorry I I paused there. There's dead silence. I'm not letting that sink in. I just did some math because again I'm tired. I'm like that's two generations behind, but no, it's actually three, isn't it? Yeah, we're on the S7 now, and I love mine. Um, but you think about all the iterations that they've had. I mean, you've got the the Galaxy S whatever Sport. You've got the Edge. You've got I think they just came out with the Active or something. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. the Active. A, there's a lot of different iterations of that the Galaxy line of phones between the S4 and now. On one hand, though, I, like I said, it kind of makes sense. Uh, you and I have both worked in government work. Uh, we've done different things. We know how quickly the government doesn't move. So I want to give them the benefit of the doubt here and say they've probably been working on this for a while, and they're just now getting it into the president's hands. And also on the flip side of that... There's also that part in IT where you never give someone the newest technology and call it secured because, frankly, you don't know all the vulnerabilities and holes it had. You need to wait until it's been around for a little while before you can see all the different vulnerabilities that have come to light. So having a slightly older phone does not surprise me in any respect. Still, this seems to be pushing it. 
having a phone that old does surprise me because you know at some point the security updates stop s5 s6 would have i would have thought would be more appropriate yes but and maybe maybe this is a test bed he's only in office for another six months but you don't think that he's going to keep a secure phone oh i think he is till the end of his day i I do and when i say that till he dies (laughs) <laughs> let's be honest if i had the option of a secure phone i would too but no i think he is i definitely think he is but i think they're t- they might be testing this out and whoever wins the elections in november may get the upgraded model they get the s5 perhaps yeah <laughs> but you think about it the s4 we got to the blackberry priv it's android we got a oh. whole bunch of them for cheap from at&t oh man i thought we had some notes in here oh no we talked about the blackberry priv last week didn't we yes we did um but you know, you stop and think about it, and I would think, I mean, the S4 is, what, three years old? Four years old? Mm-hmm. Yep. Something like that. I, I, I've i watched government developers work. I've troubleshot their computers. I've worked with them. Even they're not that slow. So, I don't know what justification there is for this being so old of technology i mean if i was a president i'd be pissed i want marshmallow the problem is going to be and good luck ever explaining this to a politician but it's the idea of shadow it and if you don't know what shadow it is think hillary clinton no not in a conspiracy shadow government kind of way But it's this idea of, hey, this policy is so outdated or so old or so slow, it doesn't do what I want it to do. I'm going to find a way to circumvent the system so it can do what I want it to do. And it's the number one threat to corporations, companies, and governments, IT-related, anywhere. If we wanted to secure something, no problem. IT can secure it. We can secure it so no one can ever get in. But that means that it's pretty much unusable to the end user. So what is the end user going to do? They're going to find ways to use it. They're going to find ways around it, ways that they can do what they want to do. And it's those things that open it up to vulnerabilities. Hillary Clinton, obviously perfect example with all of her emails right now. Why did she do it? Well, because she wanted access to it on a mobile device that the policy didn't exist for anyone other than the POTUS. And she wanted it. So she implemented her own shadow IT solution. We could go on and on and on about the repercussions of that, and I'm not even defending her, but I'm saying that's what happened. That's why she did what she did. And if the White House, if the government doesn't want to have that problem with the president, maybe get him a newer phone? I would think so. I mean, at some point, Clash of Clans isn't going to work on ice cream sandwich anymore. And what are you going to do then? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly. We can't have Putin attacking our president's home clan base, and we can't ever respond because his phone no longer supports it. <laughs> he just stole all the president's dark elixir. What are we going to do? Nothing, because we're running Kit Kat. Now I want a Kit Kat. I am starving. That sounds great. <laughs> that does sound good. Okay, that so this this next little bit is going to be all over the place. Um, 
we had a new uh, launch in iOS and Mac OS. Apple had their worldwide developer conference this week. And unfortunately, we don't have a lot of headlines for it because a lot of it was very much this business as usual. They've refined a lot of things and not to discredit them. They've done a whole bunch to refine iOS, refine uh, Mac OS, which, by the way, is now the official name of it. It's no longer OS X. It's just Mac OS. And that's fine. That sounds great. That's what everyone's calling it anyway. It's not fine for me. I think we need to shut that crap down. <laughs> well, more and more, um, iOS 10 kind of actually leans heavily from Android. It's almost like they're saying in a way that Android's model of doing things was the right way all along. For one, they're opening up Siri to third-party developers, which is awesome. You know, I'm surprised at that, though, because Apple likes to really keep their stuff locked down. Yeah, they do. But they've also found that they're not going to get the uh, the pull that they want if they do it that way. And I'll explain why here in a moment. Um, in fact, let me explain it right now. They also introduced how they've upgraded their HomeKit system. That's their Internet of Things uh, home mesh network. If you want a smart home, you can have Apple HomeKit. Well, that's great except for one of the things they want to use it with is Siri. How are you going to get Siri to lock your front doors over voice commands unless someone at Apple headquarters has put in years of man hours into getting Siri to understand these different APIs for all of these different devices? This is the first time they want first-level, first-party Apple products, in this case Siri, to integrate directly with any number of third-party products that they can't control. And so either they need to increase their development for something unheard of, or they need to allow the developers to have Siri access themselves. They have finally learned what PC manufacturers have been going through all these years. Apple works great with Apple. Well, that's a lie, but it works better with Apple when they control all of it. But until Apple starts making door locks, and window sensors, and water sensors, and present sensors, and fan controllers, and light switches. Can you tell somebody's been doing a lot of smart home research? I'm just saying, <laughs> that, that's an entire area Apple never wants to get into, and who could blame them? Is it that they don't want to, or that they can't? Because I bet if they could, they would. If they could, if it made sense, they would. But it doesn't make sense. A computer company should not get in the habit of making light bulbs. It makes no sense. It makes none. They'll spend so much money getting invested into it just to do, produce a product that a light bulb company could have made in their sleep. Yeah. It's easier for a light bulb company to make a smart light bulb instead. But then how does the smart light bulb talk with either a Windows phone or an Android phone or an Apple phone or a Samsung smart things? Right. Or, or a Wink Hub. Or a Wink Hub or a Nest. Well, simply have the developer from the light bulb company build it out for all of them. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. And if this Makes sounds it familiar, easy. it's because that's what exactly what uh, hardware developers have been doing for 30 plus years. So. Yeah. And, you know, the way that I see the new Internet of Things just taking off in every aspect of our homes and our lives Apple really needs to get on the bandwagon or they're going to get left way, way behind. I, I will say this because um, I've been trying to outfit my home with Internet of Things kit and it's working pretty well. 
It's not really polished. It's not that intuitive yet. It's working on it. There are definitely strides that have been made, but it's just not there yet. And if anyone can do it, it's Apple. Yeah, I, they I, could. I'll, I'll I, give that to them. That's, that's what they do. They make things slick. Pretty. Slick. Usable. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very good at user experience. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have a hub in your home, that's what you want. Now, that brings us to the hub. And yes, they brought it out in their new version of Apple TV, where you can talk to the TV and it uses Siri. And with those third-party API hooks that we talked about where developers can program it, you can say, hey, Siri, turn off the lights in the front room. And it'll do it. For Just so you know, just as a reminder, that's not something that uh, Amazon's Echo can even do yet. That is that is really cool witchcraft, though. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. But um, it's it just totally makes sense. And as we said previously in our other shows... Uh, where do you spend most of your time at home? Unfortunately, for better or for worse, for most people, it's in front of the TV. So it makes sense. And it integrates with Apple Watch. Oh, and yeah, Apple Watch 3.0, much faster, and integrates directly with HomeKit. Oh, and here's an even cooler thing that I just find absolutely brilliant that I really wish Android could do. If you don't have an Apple TV and you don't want an Apple TV... But you are an Apple user, and you have a lot of Apple uh, smart home things. You can use a standalone iPad as the hub. The iPad itself becomes the full hub. So if you've got like an old iPad 1 sitting in a junk drawer that no one wants to use anymore because it's super slow, just plug it in, mount it to a wall, boom, wall-mounted, full-touchscreen graphical control of your entire house. But the problem with that, it can't be too old because it won't be a support or the the app won't support the operating system. Right. And it does so, need to be plugged in and always connected to Wi-Fi at all yeah. times. So, I mean, there are a few few drawbacks, but I do like the idea of getting an older device is just sitting there and using it for that purpose. Even my, my Samsung SmartThings hub that I picked up, I can't just use it like that. I had to plug it in, and then I had to install the app on some other device, and then I had to set up another interface for other devices, right? It's a pain in the butt. If I had had just a tablet that I could have just said, okay, everything talks to the tablet now. Yeah. That's genius. Oh, totally. Totally genius. That I, I, I will actually say that is innovative. Let's get more of that, Apple. Come on. Yeah. No, no. Instead, they're just going to lie to us about uninstalling apps. <laughs> people got really excited about that and then they just kind of burst people's bubbles yeah what happened with this one uh well i guess when they announced ios 10 news started going out that users would actually be able to delete apple's pre-installed apps uh you know everybody hates bloatware on their phone you get it i got um, my samsung galaxy s7 and Immediately went in and disabled a bunch of the bloat because you can't uninstall it, but you can disable it. And that's kind of what they're doing with iOS 10 now is you can't really delete the app, but you can kind of disable it and put it into inactive mode. And it will clear out all your personal information that you may have associated with that particular app. So, I mean, it was kind of, I think a lot of people were feeling like it was a bait and switch type of deal 
But no, Apple's just catching up to what Android already does. Mm-hmm. Again, I've I've said over and over and over on this show, we are quickly approaching the point where all the different major operating systems across the board, be they mobile, tablet, desktop, laptop, whatever, really all have the exact same features and work in the same way. It's just going to come down to aesthetic and personal preference. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay, um, we're going to jump ahead real fast uh, to while we're talking about mobile phones. There's a fitness tracker that I had completely forgotten about. I am very familiar with this particular fitness tracker. It's the uh, the Peak made by Basis. Yes. What is this one? Because I remember uh, hearing about it years ago, but that was it. Yeah, a couple years ago, I actually managed the beta project for this test. Did anyone burst into flames? Uh, no. I mean, it was a it was a fairly successful test. There were some issues um, that you know happened in beta, which no big deal. I think iOS eight came out at the time, uh, just as the project was getting ready to launch, which meant they had to go back and completely rewrite their apps for iOS. Uh, but I mean, it was a fairly solid device, uh, and it has been for a couple of years. Came out in, I guess, 2014. So yeah, we've got a couple of years with this, and apparently, they've got some bugs that have never been worked out where it actually will overheat. Um, it's wrist worn, so it's kind of like a smartwatch, but I mean, it's just a just a fitness tracker, so doesn't have all the all the functionality of a smartwatch but apparently users have been advised to stop using it until an update can be pushed out that will stop it from burning people <laughs> so not only are you burning calories when you're wearing this you're also burning your wrist hair and flesh and you know what though i can appreciate this they should have they did this all wrong they should have built it as a feature look i came really close to hitting my calorie burn goal today but i'm just beat i can't do anything more oh hey look my phone's taking care of it it's gonna burn it out of me thanks phone thanks smartwatch (laughs) yeah i mean there it's actually causing blistering on people it's burning them so severely Mm -hmm. so i mean You got to give them credit, though, because they have been very proactive. They've come out and said, hey, you know, this is a problem. Please do not use your watch. We care about your safety and don't want you to get injured. So you got to give them credit for that. So and, you know, if you're hoping to buy one, good luck with that because they're not selling them at the moment. I don't know how long it's going to take them to get the issue resolved, but they do deserve some credit there. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, In more of the weird news, I'm going to read to you an entire press release. I know, I don't usually do that. We paraphrase a lot on this show because press releases are wordy and they're long and they don't always say exactly what they mean. We tend to read between the lines for you, dear listener, and that's just kind of a service we provide. But not this one. This one is important. I'm going to read to you the entire press release. And it comes from Rhapsody. You can find it over on their blog, their newsroom. And the press release goes as follows. No changes to your playlists, favorites, albums, and artists. Same music, same service, same price, 100% the music you love. Stay tuned. That's it. That's the entire press release. And it's all under a headline saying, Rhapsody is becoming Napster. Now, here's what's hilarious to me. 
I know Napster. I know it very much so. Okay, I'm from the generation that discovered Napster. It was developed by someone my age while he was in college, while I was in college. Um, you know, used it to download loads of music, and it helped my generation become the first generation to just explosively collect music. Um, and of course, that was back in the dial-up days. So to download a, a song would take three hours. Oh yeah, yeah. But which is again is why it really took off over college campuses because everyone shared the same network connection then. But how many kids today know what Napster is? I dare say very few. And Rhapsody. Rhapsody still a thing? How many kids know what Rhapsody is? You know, that was my first thought. Is Rhapsody still a thing? I mean, they bought Napster back in 2011. But no, they haven't done anything with anything, it seems, since then. You know, you've got services like Pandora and Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play Music. I mean, you've got all these alternatives. Nobody cares about Rhapsody. What did Rhapsody even do? I think it's a music streaming service, if I'm not mistaken. That's how bad this is. I it's yeah. I mean, <laughs> what does Rhapsody do, and what are they announcing? And does anyone do, care? Does anyone care? That's that's the real question. I don't think anyone does. I don't. I mean, you've got idiots like us with microphones that are saying, "Oh, hey, Rhapsody is rebranding as Napster." Because relevant? I mean, there's no reason to do this. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we're gonna, let's jump around a bit here because I want to end on all the hacking news if we can. Um, and we're quickly running out of time, so let's just get right into it. Amazon is in trouble. Oh, they are they are in major trouble. The FAA is fining them. That seems like an odd thing, right? Well, it's because they're selling dangerous chemicals and they sent it over airmail, air shipping. It was sending like corrosive drain cleaner and it burned nine workers at UPS. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Now, if you have not shipped anything, you'd be forgiven for not understanding, but there are certain things you are not allowed to ship. And it's usually because if it ever goes up into the air, they can't secure it. And it's typically fluids of a caustic or incendiary nature for obvious reasons. So, And, you know, there are ways around that, though. You just got to properly package it. You've got to, you know, it's like sending an expensive collectible to somebody. You don't just wrap it in a little bit of bubble wrap and put it in a padded envelope. Right. You don't just say, oh, this will do it. This will call it good. Yeah. Um, But it's really surprising to me that Amazon should be having this problem. I would imagine they know better. You would think. But then I kind of wonder if maybe this is just a situation of a fulfilled by Amazon, where it's actually a third-party seller, and this is being fulfilled by Amazon. So maybe the third party gave the faulty packaging Amazon shipped it off under their banner, and now they're catching heat for it. That could be. Yeah. I hadn't actually considered that. It's most likely now. Um, In other news, um, Microsoft is buying LinkedIn. And nobody knows why. Yeah, but at the same time, (laughs) it makes sense. 
Because think of Microsoft and then try and imagine what kind of social network Microsoft would ever want to run or build. And LinkedIn kind of fits that bill. Maybe they should try like Microsoft Plus. Mm, No, it would be Microsoft Live. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. I... I don't care on this one, really. I mean, Microsoft, you think about them as, oh, well, they, you know, they make operating systems and they make video game consoles. But, you know, they have a lot of enterprise software, enterprise solutions. And what's funny is the fact that if I had been paying better attention, I may have been able to predict this. Um, Office 2013 was the first one that had this ability. We're now in 2016. But Outlook 2013 had the ability to have social connectors where you sign into these connectors and it pulls in other things. And the only one that really worked was LinkedIn. It was the only one that was maintained. It was the only one that uh, your office installation came with already. And the idea was that you, when, when you receive an email from someone, it would go in and say, okay, I'm connected to LinkedIn, and this person's email address is listed there. Here's his little blurb. Here's a little profile. And it was okay. I mean, that was nice and all. I don't know how much we used it, but it was there. But it was the only one that was maintained, which makes it seem like LinkedIn and Microsoft had a very close relationship there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing of this that is a pretty big note is they're paying $26.2 billion for LinkedIn. I didn't know LinkedIn was worth that much, but even more interesting, they're paying it in cash. Now I know that that's going to probably just be a bank transfer. We'll give it to our. I actually want to see a dump truck full of cash pull up to LinkedIn's headquarters. I I want briefcases to be involved so badly, and I don't want hundreds. I want fives and ones. Just think of how awesome that would be. There's just like a school (laughs) bus full of people with briefcases. Do you mind if we pay you in rolled quarters? Just think about how awesome that would be to witness. $26 billion coming in in fives. That would be like Scrooge McDuck just swimming through cash. Yeah, that would be so awesome. And I know that in this day and age, it's not going to happen. But just imagine how cool that would be. Super cool. Um, In some other news, this one's kind of funny. A movie was nominated, and I think won an actual independent award. That's nothing much, right? That doesn't... Who cares? This one's interesting because it was written by an AI. This stuff just scares the crap out of me. This is how we get Judgment Day, people. It's funny because what they did was is that they, they took the same... AI, if you want to call it that, that handles the predictive text entry on your phone, that that kind of engine. And then they fed it a whole load of different science fiction um, scripts, the entire scripts. And it went through and said, okay, well, these are the most common things that happened. And then they gave it a few seed words, basically what the title of it was, a quick description of what it was, and the opening scene. And from there, it did it all. It gave shout-outs, it said scene changes, it described things, it wrote all the dialogue. It's intense. It's it's pretty cool. It, it really is pretty cool that they were able to do this. 
but you're just asking for robot overlords when you do this kind of crap. The thing is that's funny to me is that it definitely seems like it's not the computer just spitting out gibberish. I get the impression this is what the computers think of us. Like this is <laughs> no, this is a computer trying to make sense, and it's going, well, yeah, this is what humans do, right? Like this is what it, it, how it sees us. A lot so of context you, is missing. A lot of things you, don't make sense. Are you saying that the computers have already become sentient? No, not necessarily. But, you know, when we when we show a computer, when we show a robot or a computer or an AI picture of an apple pie, what does it see? It probably sees an apple pie. Or just a pie. It doesn't have any of the relationship to it. Oh, I love apple pie, but I prefer it when it's really cinnamon heavy. I prefer it when it uses golden apples. I prefer it when it uses tart Granny Smith's apples. I tried it once where it mixed the two together. It was really great. The last time I had a pie, it tasted horrible. It was my very first attempt at baking one. I really screwed up this one part that I didn't know you were supposed to do. My grandma taught me the recipe when I was young. You know, a lot of context, a lot of memories, a lot of things with it. A lot of stuff that a machine doesn't know is important. What's more important than pie? I mean, that's. But so when you tell, so when so you tell the machine this is an apple pie, it only knows a couple things. Oh, this pie is always here. I eat it. I eat all the pie. You ate the pie? Yes. Why'd you eat the pie? Because I eat pie. That sounds like a conversation between me and my daughter. Yeah, well, that's a lot. Preteens, preteens are preteens would fail the Turing test. <laughs> Those are the questions she asks me. Why did you eat the pie? Because the pie was there. <laughs> Philosopher's honor. <laughs> if I wasn't going to eat it, who was? I eat because I exist. <laughs> anyway, it's a short movie. It's kind of intense to watch. Um, just remember that this is entirely done by a computer. Um, yeah, kind of cool. Keep that in mind and just know that you will be killed by that computer one day. Yes. In the name of art. Um, <laughs> it will win an award. Yes. A palm d'or. So Google is on the chopping block for a report saying that they were burying leads to negative press for Hillary Clinton. And, you know, looking at it, it kind of appears that there's some there's legitimate claim to this. There's some legitimacy to this claim. Um, if you search, somebody actually did the search, uh, you search for Hillary Clinton indictment. Did I say that right? Indictment? Oh, yes. Um, Yahoo yields 14.8 million hits. Bing yields 18.4 million. Google yields 1.4 million. Mm-hmm. Or even the autocomplete. If you type in Hillary Clinton CRI... Google auto-completes it to uh, crime reform, and all the other ones pull up uh, criminal charges. Yeah. And, you know, she is currently being investigated by the FBI in a criminal investigation. Uh, the White House press secretary confirmed as much a few weeks back. The problem is, is that, and I'm not saying this isn't happening, and, and Google's taking it seriously. They're answering questions about it. But... It is so anecdotal. It is so hard to prove one way or another because who's to say simply maybe Google users prefer Hillary 
I, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out here. Call it devil's advocate. Call it me speaking sense, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But Google has always said that a lot of that is based on algorithms that it sees people usually searching for. Right. Which is why it always kind of leads to that funny game where you start typing into Google, see what the autocomplete pulls up and wonder how how many people are searching for that. That that's the first thing that pulls up. So. Google could easily, it's conceivable, say, hey, look, maybe Bing and Yahoo users are just anti Hillary and Google users are more pro Hillary. There's nothing. Nothing concrete you could ever say to prove otherwise, unless they find a smoking gun where one guy has gone in and specifically written a subroutine into Google search engine. But I highly doubt they'll ever find anything like that. True. But you also have to take into take into consideration the fact that uh, former Google CEO Eric Schmidt is an active Clinton backer who actually runs a Clinton campaign data analysis contracting firm. Yeah. I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm not and, saying this. I mean. I'm not saying that these people are out in the night with these accusations. It could be true. It's, it is conceivable that it is true, but it's also conceivable. It's absolutely not Google. And I, I say this cause I work for a search engine company. I work for an SEO company and Google takes so many things into account when it's running your searches and when it's auto completing, it takes into account your history. It takes into account you know, what people in your area are typing, what people in general are typing. It runs it against current trending news. And Google's not the only one. Bing does this. And as we know, Yahoo uses a lot of Bing results. I, I'm just I'm just going to put it out there that search engine results is a, are a lot more complex than people give them credit for. Yeah. So. Yeah, I always think it's interesting, though. And it, it's especially interesting... On the heels of the Facebook issue. Yes, agreed. Totally agreed. Now is not the time for Google to be caught up in these accusations. No. Um, so, uh, kind of going back to uh, this is a nice way to segue into the hacking news. Oh, or, you know, never mind. We're, we're gonna we'll end on that one. So, let's start on something funny. Korean hackers, North Korea, hacked into South Korean servers and stole blueprints for the F-15 Eagle. It's an American super air, superior, air superiority fighter. That's big news. That's pretty bad. That's a military secret. That's hardware that we use to maintain our position in the world. Oh, wait, let me correct that. That's not a military secret. It's not classified. It wasn't even protected. It's a cross-section of a wing. And considering that the Eagle has been around since the late 70s, it's not exactly new either. You know, my first thought when I saw this article was North Korea has electricity to allow hackers to exist. I'm wondering exactly how <laughs> North Korea plans to use this technology. I mean, the F-15 was made for a high tensile strength steel. I don't think the same wing cross section works very well with balsa wood. I hated those stupid balsa wood planes. I'd always break them, taking them out of the package. I can just imagine Glorious Leader getting really pissed off at his engineering team as he looks at a one-to-one -one scale model of the F-15 made entirely out of paper and wood, wondering how we dirty, evil Americans could get ours up to Mach 1 and it's theirs blows apart at like 60, to 60 miles an hour. They basically just built a big pinata. 
<laughs> we made it out of the stretched t- tanned hides of dissidents. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so good job, North Korea, hacking that stuff that um, was basically out on an open server. We don't call that hacking. We call that downloading. Just saying. But <laughs> if anyone was going to get into something, it would be a government system. Um, hackers uh, went through kind of a um, an audit, if you will, and they found over 100 bugs in the U.S. defense network. Way, now we should note these are white hat hackers that yeah, were they were approved. hired for this. Yeah, we we actually talked about how you could apply to be one of these people uh, in the hack the Pentagon um, event. I guess it was. Yeah, so. yeah. The, these people were supposed to do this. They were supposed to find it, and hey, that's that's pretty awesome. But man, that seems like a lot. I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot if it were any other system, but. We're talking about the Pentagon here and our entire defense network. Oh, yeah. I just had glitter come out of my nose. I don't know how that happened. But Some, someone switched your cocaine vial again? Uh, wow. I don't know. It's like I just snorted some unicorn poop or something. Yeah. Wow. Okay, anyways. Well, <laughs> they they had I mean, 1,400 individuals... And they were pretty much given access, some level of access, as I understand it, and only found 100. I mean, yeah, 100 sounds like a lot, but when you stop and think about it, is it a lot? And how serious were these were these vulnerabilities that they found? I mean, are these, are these like huge, like, SQL injection vulnerabilities or are these you know back doors i mean what they don't go into detail and so i mean yeah this could have been horrible but if it was really that bad would they be advertising it the way they are yeah um also interesting is the fact that evidently you can buy previously hacked servers from around the world at a special market some for as little as six bucks that's weird to me yeah that's crazy that's crazy. There's a Xdedic trading platform. They catalogs, cataloged over 70,000 servers, many that belong to government agencies or corporations from 173 countries. Yeah, weird. But it kind of makes sense now as to why people are able to get in so easily if they can just go and buy a server for 6 bucks, find some people's passwords on there, try it against other popular sites. Hey, it still works. And look, I was able to reverse engineer the hash out of it because I was able to log in. Yeah. Um, which would possibly explain why Russians were able to hack the democratic national convention committee committee. I always say that wrong and I don't really care. That's okay. But I don't care either. They were able to pull up all the DNC's oppositional research against Trump, which I'm sure looked a lot like Trump's Wikipedia article. <laughs> yeah, this is what's their end game here? I'm wondering. What what is Russia trying to accomplish with this? Yeah. And the the scary thing about this though is that the hackers apparently had access to the DNC's network for over a year and were only kicked out this past weekend. Uh they were able to read emails, instant messages. I mean, 
this is kind of getting played off, but this is kind of a big deal. Well, it's not even the first time. Uh, when Obama and McCain were going against each other, both camps were hacked. Yeah, that's just... Uh, of course, back then it was the Chinese. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah and we know they is... never work with the Russians. No, no. Uh, yeah, this is just... Wow, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder why... What is the point? What is Russia looking for? Are they just trying to get inside information? Are they looking for something specific? Are they looking for, I don't know, something they can use to blackmail Hillary Clinton if she becomes president? I mean, I don't know, but that's unnerving to me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, I mean, I I understand, having been in IT myself, I understand how you can have people in your system and not necessarily know but, and also how just because that's what they ended up taking doesn't necessarily mean that's what they were after in the first place. It was just um, almost a uh, target of opportunity, if you will. Yeah. And is that all that they took? We may never know. Is yeah. that, I, I mean, but, you know, I would like to think that if I'm running regular security audits, these guys aren't staying in my system for a year. And maybe I'm just being unrealistic but i would like to think that i mean if it was your network zook your corporate network i don't see them staying in for over a year yeah no i wonder if the servers were in the like the bathroom closet or something (laughs) shaking my head shaking my head (laughs) our last headline uh comes after the orlando shooting um you know now about the connection to ISIS and whatnot, and almost in response of it, um, Anonymous hacked ISIS's Twitter account and started posting gay porn. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's that. Uh, what else do you say? It, it was pretty fabulous. Pretty fabulous. It's um, I, I you just gotta laugh at that. Good job, anonymous. I won't always say that, but good job. Yeah, I think in this case they they definitely deserve a a tip of the hat. Yeah, um, our favorites this week. It's late. I'm already starting to drift, but we need to get to our favorites. And mine, well, it comes to you from Zoner. Actually, he's the one who showed it to me. James Corden. This is my second week in a row where my favorite has him on it. He does a uh, a rap battle against Kevin Hart, and someone get the burn ointment out because there's a lot going around here. It is hilarious, and I am quite surprised that a chubby white Englishman has the skills to do this. Well, and it was freestyle as well, which yeah. makes it even more impressive. They weren't sitting there just reading a script, and maybe they did script it beforehand, but uh, yeah, uh, call it's the still burn brutal. Unit. It's yeah, call, it's brutal. Call the burn unit. Uh, have you ever watched uh, American or American Ninja Warrior? I have. I've watched the original too. Uh, that is that is a fun show, and and it's becoming like a real thing, like where people get crazy for it. Uh, But this week, uh, some video surfaced of a guy in a T-Rex costume doing the obstacle course. And not only is it hilarious, but it is is also amazingly impressive that somebody could do this course 
in a T-Rex costume with such wee little arms. Those wee little arms have some great upper body strength. Indeed, they do. So yeah, check it out. It's pretty cool. Pretty entertaining. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Um, If you have feedback, let us know. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Don't worry about Google+. Plus. I I wouldn't blame you anyway. Or go to StolenDroids.com and fill out the form. Hopefully it's up and working then. Uh, And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.